0: Good evening and welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. A packed episode for us tonight, as we cover almost every single team in the EFL, as plenty of matches took place on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews that you come to expect every single week from all three divisions. But we will start with the Friday night game, and that was in the championship between Birmingham City 3 and West Bromwich Albion won. Birmingham City won their fourth successive West Midlands derby against West Brom as they came from behind to beat the baggies in controversial circumstances. After Albion went in front with an early 20-yard opener from John Swift, the game turned on a hotly disputed 23rd-minute Blues penalty. Albion defender Cedric Kipri was adjudged to have brought down Koji Miyoshi when the Japanese frontman appeared to slip, and Janine Bakuna scored the resulting spot kick. Former Wolves defender Dion Sanderson headed a second on 38 minutes to complete the first half turnaround. Substitute Gary Gardner then curled in a superb third from a free kick to seal the points on 87 minutes, only five minutes after coming on. Blues' second home win in four nights after Tuesday's 4-1 thrashing of Huddersfield sent John Eustace's side climbing above Albion to fifth in the table. And Albion's first defeat in six games came after a further cost of six-goal top scorer Swift going off with a calf injury after the break. On to the Saturday games now, and we'll start with the Teeswear derby. Sunderland 0, Middlesbrough 4. Middlesbrough claimed bragging rights in the Whees tier derby with their biggest away victory over Sunderland. Second half goals from Leeds United Loney and former Sunderland graduate Sam Greenwood, Matt Crooks, Isaiah Jones and Marcus Fours made it four successive wins for Borough as they continue their recovery from a very poor start to the season. The turning point came in first half injury time when Black Cats midfielder Dan Neal was sent off for a second yellow card offence. The home team could not cope without him as they slipped to a fourth loss of the season, although they remain in the top six. These two have been losing championship playoff semi finalists last year and have been starting to find form after slow starts to this campaign. Roared on by another large Stadium of Light crowd, notably 43,584, Patrick Roberts was close to putting Sunderland in front after a thrilling run only for the outstretched boot of borough keeper Senny Dieng to keep his effort out but Middlesbrough showed uh, ambitions of their own as Greenwood's effort was parried by Anthony Patterson and he needed desperate defending from Dan Ballard to prevent Josh Coburn from turning in the rebound. However, the complexion of the game changed when Neil received a second yellow card for dissent to referee Jared Gillett, having earlier been booked for a foul on Coburn. With uh, tempers still boiling, Ballard reacted angrily to an aerial challenge from Coburn and the half-time whistle sounded with players pushing and shoving. Borough boss Michael Carrick had to come onto the pitch to keep his players out of trouble, with the end result of being bookings for both Ballard and Coburn. With that, though, we'll have an interview and we will hear from a Borough man, but Sunderland manager Tony Mowbray. Tony, defeat at the Stadium of Light, what was your
1: take on the game?
2: thought first 45 minutes was a good game of football. I think two good teams, I think both, when they had the ball, they were threatening and uh, moved it around the pitch well, asked questions of each other. I felt as if we probably had the better opportunities in the first half and, um, and then ultimately the sending off 30 seconds before the end of the first half was obviously a huge changing point in the game. I think you have to respect that they're good with the ball and with a man down we found it really difficult to... Um, to get after the game really, Um, they they scored good goals, Um, I'm pretty sure if we'd have played 11 v 11 we'd we'd have probably won that football match on the evidence of what I saw for staff and yet we have to um, learn from it because it might not be the first time we go down to 10 men this year um, but we also have to put that in the bin, move on to the next game, believe and keep the confidence of what a good team we are and uh, how we can win football matches so that's what we'll do, we'll um, Eradicate it, really move on, and get ready for the next
1: game. And when
2: the uh, when the players come back from international duty,
1: yes, yeah, you mentioned important not to let confidence drop after that one, and I guess the two-week international break gives sp- plenty of breathing space
3: to do that too.
2: Yeah, probably. So we we have to keep training, we have to keep going. I think um, just keep working on the principles, and yet you know most football teams don't do too much work with ten men. Um, you think yes, you have to do it, but every game's different against different teams. You have to play different ways with ten men, and um, we thought these were good with the ball and who would push us back. So we went into a back five, and yet the back five were too passive, really. And um, we, as a team, we were too passive. Whereas our strength is to play on the front foot and try and win the ball back early and transition onto teams, and yet. Um, they didn't take that on, on board and it feels as if that's not a, that's not a blame culture that's it's a lesson for us to go forward that when we go down to an extra man everybody has to work even harder than they normally do to make sure that um, it doesn't feel like we're a man down and, um, and i'm not sure we did that today i think we just sat in a little bit and let them come on to us
1: uh, niall huggins came off in the first half is there any update on on his situation at the minute
2: no I haven't seen Niall, Don't know what he's done. Um, I haven't spoke to the medical department. But, um, fingers crossed. He's not too bad.
1: Just, uh, just finally, obviously reflecting on the season as a whole so far, strong start, and you're probably pleased with what you've seen so far.
2: Generally, every week the, the team performed at a really high level. Whether you win or lose, I think you know the games we've lost this season. I think still generally performed at a really high level, and um, yeah, it's it's. It's been a bit frustrating, to be honest, that we haven't got more points, but um, I think there's a lot of confidence in the team that we just have to keep going, keep doing what we do, and we will find a way to win games today. um, A man down against a a pretty good football team is, uh, is probably just a bit
0: too far for us. Cardiff City won, Watford won. Watford halted a run of three successive championship defeats as they recovered to draw at Cardiff. Mark McGinnis put the hosts in front with an emphatic close range finish in the first half. A blunder from Cardiff keeper Jack Annick allowed Vacun Bio to equalise after the break. Further clumsy Bluebirds defending gave Watford chances to earn just a third league win of the season, but their finishing was wayward. The pointless Valerian Ishmael signed one place up to 20th in the championship table, while Cardiff also moved up one position to 8th, one point adrift of the playoff spots heading into October's international break. Coventry City won. Norwich City won. Norwich City missed out on a second away win of the championship season as Ben Gibson's 88th minute own goal handed Coventry a point. Jonathan Rowe toe poked the ball home from Jack Stacey's pass in the 41st minute to give the Canaries the lead in an open contest with plenty of attacking endeavour from both sides. The Sky Blues had the majority of the goal attempts, with American striker Hattie Wright prominent, but Norwich's willingness to throw bodies in front of the ball kept them at bay. Angus Gunn, twice safe from Josh Eccles, but with time running out, the Norwich keeper could do nothing as a cross by Milan Vajewik, as Cross glanced off Gibson's head and into the net. Big game at the top now, Ipswich Town 4, Preston North End 2. Ipswich kept up the pressure on Leicester City at the top of the championship table as they extended their unbeaten run to 7 with victory over Preston. Prolific Connor Chaplin put them in front with a brilliant first-time strike and although Mads Vrockia Jensen levelled after the Tractor Boys failed to deal with a through ball, a solo effort by Brandon Williams and an easy tap-in by Nathan Broadhead put them 3-1 up at the break. Ben Whiteman cut the deficit to one with a deflected shot, but Marcus Harness, Jack Taylor and Amari Hutchinson combined to tee up fellow substitute Caden Jackson for Ipswich's fourth. Preston pushed forward to try and rescue the situation, but Ipswich held on for their ninth win in 11 games this season, and to go into the international break still second in the table, two points behind Leicester. They are now eight points clear of third place Preston, who suffered their third defeat in eight days. Leeds United 2 Bristol City won. Leeds United climbed up to fifth in the championship as they beat Bristol City at Ellen Road to record back-to-back victories for the first time since November 2022. The hosts finally broke down a well-organised robin side when an off balanced Jorginho Rutter rolled the ball across the six-yard box to Dan James, who slotted in a low left-footed shot. City had offered little in attack, but levelled in first half stoppage time when Cal Naismith powered his way through a crowded six-yard box to head in Taylor Gardner-Hickman's corner. Joel Perroy placed a precise finish from 20 yards beyond keeper Max O'Leary into the bottom corner to restore the lead soon after the interval, while Rutter had a late effort disallowed for offside. The 14th place Robins had enjoyed better fortunes on the road at, than at home this season with three wins, but a second away defeat extended their miserable run at Ellen Road. They have now won in and they have not won in ten visits, stretching back to 1979, and have just won one of their past 17 meetings with Leeds, who in turn extended their unbeaten home record this season to six matches. Let's listen to Leeds United boss Daniel Farker.
4: Yes, we could have made uh, our life much easier if we would uh, convert more out of our amazing chances. I you know, can't, can't complain about anything performance-wise. We have played here against a really solid side who is normally not conceding away from, from home. We have scored twice, we, we have created more chances than any other team against them. Yes, but our effectiveness is definitely something we have uh, we have to work on because it would uh, calm my nerves down and would make our life uh, easier. But I can't argue against three points So. Good three points for us, and leaves us in good situation.
5: Many things to talk about. We won't talk about all of them. But Archie Gray at right back. When the team sheet came out, people looked at that and wondered whether that was his position. You must be happy with how he performed in that place, weren't you?
4: Yes, because one thing is, you uh, can have an idea that something uh, works, but it's always up to the players uh, to bring it uh, on the pitch. And all the praise goes uh, goes to Archie how he adapted uh, to it. We wanted uh, today. To interpretate uh, this role slightly different uh, because wanted him a bit deeper, a bit more inverted, a bit like additional uh, midfield midfield player. And um, yeah, but one thing is, you can have an idea. It's, it's always up to the players. And for that, many compliments for for Archie he was really good in defending. Yeah, also energetic and, and going forward. Also how he fulfilled my tactical uh, wishes uh, today was uh, was great. And it's especially impressive when you keep in mind uh, how young he is. But uh, overall, you have to say so our. Average ace in the starting lineup was unbelievable young today. Must be one of the youngest uh, that have, has played and started here in the, in the last decade. So um, for that, a bit, bit more experience in some situation uh, to come the game and a bit more down would, have, would have helped. But uh, yeah, just compliments to the lads and also uh, Archie in special.
5: You spent much time ahead of the game talking about Pirro and Jorginho and respective positions and all the rest of it. Jorginho will be a disappointed lad, despite he putting a really good performance. But his moment is the moment he'll remember, isn't it?
4: Yes, in this moment, of course, as a as a striker, you have to be disappointed when you miss such a such a chance. But we all have missed such a chances. So when you're a striker, sometimes there is this moment when you, you feel embarrassed and you want to hide anyhow. But it happens. So It was also not that easy because you know when the ball bumps just before, then you uh, sometimes underestimate the, the situation. And but he's already back to to happiness because uh, the only thing that matters is uh, three points. He was there. It was another amazing performance. Unbelievable workload. Also good winnings of the ball, for example, also before the second goal and um, another really good, uh, really good performance. He deserves all the praise at the moment. Yes, goal telly uh, could be could be a bit better, but the only thing that matters is we won the game.
5: And Pirro has that ability in the chaos to provide the moment of calm, doesn't he, as he showed with the finish today?
4: Yes, he's ice cold in this moment, so it was like to finish with the legs of the opponent. He has his calmness if you bring him into a shooting position. I think there were two or three situations, especially in the first half, but also in the second. when We missed uh, him with a, a a little pass. I think with a cutback we could have found him because we always bring him close to the edge. Uh, I think then you would be there with, with even more goals. Missed also one, uh, one chance um, uh, when he... Perhaps could be there with a little square pass to, to Chris Somerville or with a little chip over the goalkeeper. So his goal tally uh, could, be, could be even better. But yeah, five goals in, in eight games, he can go on like this. So that's definitely for sure.
5: And we have to remember there's a key moment. Sam Byram on the goal line, heads the ball away and the score stays at 2-1.
4: Yes, that's right, because uh, if I'm honest, we didn't allow them any chance out of the game. We missed an unbelievable amount of chances ourselves, but uh, it's football. So out of a long throw-in, out of a corner kick, out of a long ball, there's always a moment when something can can happen then this moment you have to be switched on uh, sadly we missed uh, with five seconds to go in the, in the first half to defend this last corner um, but it happens at, uh, at football in the second half even if they were chasing the game they didn't create anything but there was this one just this one moment yeah when you have to be switched on you have to drop uh, to the to the goal line and Uh, Thank God uh, Sam was awake in this moment and uh, it's always uh, important that in the key moments of the game you are there with the right decisions and uh, yeah, well done Sam Byron.
5: So International Week comes around off two successive home victories. That's a good way to go into this uh, two-week period now, isn't it?
4: Yes, first time uh, since a while that we are there with uh, back-to-back uh, wins in the league, that's always important, also third home game in the row a row with the win, so we know that we are in a really good shape, I would say, in uh, September and, and October, apart from the first half at Southampton, we were terrific and brought ourselves in a, into a good position. Um, but that's it. So it's not important where you are after eleven games. Also, there's space for for improvement. Also, especially in in uh, using the chances more effective. We'll work on this. But it's also important right now to to come the load a little bit down in the in the next days and then from the middle of next week to concentrate also like with the lads who are available and who stay here. Also to to work on these topics in order to be ready when it uh, when we have to go to Norwich.
0: Leicester City two, Stoke City nil. Kelechi Iheanacho and Jamie Vardy scored to help Leicester stay top of the championship table with a hard-fought win against Stoke. The Nigerian international Iheanacho found the bottom corner from a tight angle to put the high-flying hosts ahead, with the game's first shot. Nathan Lowe had the best of Stoke's few chances to level, while Mark Travers made, a tense, uh, made it tense for the Foxes by denying Yusin Akung and Kiernan Jusby Hall before Vardy came off the bench to add a second with a tap-in finish. The former England striker's 175th goal for Leicester completed the win, but it could have been more of a comprehensive result as the host created late chances in a strong finish. Millwall 2. Hull City 2. Joe Bryan's first goal for Millwall earned the Lions a point against Hull City at the Den. Millwall took an early lead through Duncan Watmore, but Hull quickly turned the game around. Two long balls caught out the host's back four and created uh, first uh, goals first for Jaden Falengi and then Adama Traore. Gary Rowett's side improved after the break and Brian cut in from the left to drill a shot into the bottom corner and equalise. The host could not force a winner and still have not won back-to-back matches this season, having won 2-0 at Plymouth on Tuesday. Millwall stay 15th in the Championship, while Hull move up a place to 9th in the table. Let's hear from Hull City boss Liam Resenia. Um Liam, at half-time, did you see a draw coming?
6: No, complete control. Uh, give a poor, poor goal away from a set play uh, where there's no pressure and we panic and then they score and then complete dominance for a half. Uh, brilliant play, should score more goals and then they changed their shape and then we stopped doing what we did in the first half which was play our football, which is dominate possession. We started panicking a little bit, kicking balls forward and that's the type of game that they want and they're better. they're better at that long ball stuff than then we are at playing so we have to make it our game um, and then because they get the upper hand second half we have to change the shape a little bit just to stay in the, not stay in the game but just to stem the flow and then once we did that and we got back to playing football we get into the final third numerous times just don't quite take advantage so a lot for us to work on but a lot of good but what my biggest message to the players is, is keep believing in what we're doing mm. keep believing don't just because we're 2-1 up go and get the third and the fourth one because to be fair before, before half time we should have been 3-4-1 or four one up
7: Yeah. Um,
1: from that then obviously Gary Rowett made two changes at half time how significant do you feel they were in the grand scheme of things?
6: Well they were significant in terms of they get a draw out of a game when we had complete control but I don't think the change of shape the change of shape didn't change it was our our lack of adaptation as a group. I can't. I just said to the. I can't make the adaptation all the time. They have to see the space, but we have to keep playing our way. once some of our build-up stuff is top to get into the final third, and it makes the opposition run. When we started going long too early, that's when they get back in the game. So a lot for us to learn, but a lot of real positive things as well. I think.
0: The, the manner of the goals as well. Jaden was superb in that. Yeah, first
6: time. that's why we brought him to the club. Outstanding, you know. And they had to change. They changed the player that they had on him, um, and he's going to get better and better. And, and to be honest, to Jaden, he's got. I'm really proud of him. He's got something happening um, at home, which isn't easy for him. So for him to come and perform the way he did here, is, is he's a top lad, and I'm so delighted he's at the club.
0: And it's great accolade for him that he's going to represent yeah, his country brilliant. as well.
6: Brilliant deserves it. Um, You know, to represent your country at any level Um, is great. Obviously, I'm an Englishman and to have two of our players and Tyler Morton's on standby as well. It shows that the club's growing. You know, it's great. So Liam's there, Jaden's there. Hopefully, they stay. They stay nice and fit for us when we get back. But, um, but yeah, they they've made a really. Both of them made a really, really good start, and Tyler as well.
0: Yeah. Just during the game, I noticed Greg was stripped ready to come on at one point. Yeah. Can you
6: just ask why you changed Change. your mind? Right. So there was a flow of the game, uh, and then we actually took possession again because we couldn't. We didn't have enough possession, mm. and then we had a passage where we actually kept the ball. So at the moment that Docks was going to come on, I felt Odama was better in the moment. So they did quick snapshot decisions that I have to make Um, and and sometimes the game can change the flow of the game can change off of one moment and the game flow changed in that moment so I didn't make that change
0: so with two weeks off now it's that same question you always get, does the international break come at the right time for certain you know, reasons? I want
6: more games, so I would rather play and stay in a rhythm and stay in the flow. But, you know, it's, it's part, of, part of the job and it's part of being the championship club and the Premier League club as well. So for me, a lot of assessments to do, a lot of work. Uh, the players are going to do a lot of homework. We're going to be doing a lot of video work. Um, but overall, I w- we should have more points. We should, from our performances, we should have more points. And that's the most frustrating thing. Uh, What we spoke about as a group after the game is that we're we're still, what are we, a point outside of the playoff 17 from 11. We should have 20. And 20 is a really, really good return, at least. Um, Plymouth here, and that's their uh, Bristol at home when we're, we're a goal up. A lot for us to improve on. But at the same time, a really, really solid foundation to improve.
0: Plymouth Argyle won, Swansea City 3. Swansea's upturn in form continued as they came from behind at Plymouth to sc- secure a fourth successive Championship victory. Luke Cundall gave Plymouth a first-half lead against the club he played for last season. The on-loan Wolves midfielder steering into the net after Carl Rushworth could only parry Ryan Hardy's cross. Goalkeeper Rushworth then made a number of important saves for a Swansea side who levelled through Jerry Yates's tapping early in the second half a game that could have gone either way, was settled by two moments of quality. Ollie Cooper scored his first goal of the season from 25 yards, just moments after coming off the bench. Swansea then put the result beyond doubt, when Jamie Patterson's fabulous pass allowed Josh Key to guide home his first goal for the club, against his former club's bitter rivals, as he used to be at Exeter. A second away success for the campaign continued a sharp turnaround in form for Swansea, who failed to win in their first seven league games under Michael Duff, but now climb to 12th. Queen's Park Rangers 0, Blackburn Rovers 4. Blackburn Rovers ended a run of four straight Championship defeats to inflict more home misery on struggling QPR. Two goals and five first-half minutes from Tyrese Dolan and Arne Sigurdsson set Blackburn on their way, before Sigurdsson with his second, and Sammy Schmoddix adding two more after the break as they moved up to 17th. QPR have now taken just two points from their past six games and remain in the bottom three. They've only one win in the 20 league games at Loftus Road, stretching back to October last year. And now for a a result that absolutely benefited nobody. Sheffield Wednesday nil, Huddersfield Town nil. Darren Moore's return to Hillsborough for the first time since his Sheffield Wednesday exit saw him receive a warm reception, as Huddersfield picked up a point in the Championship stalemate. Moore left the Owls after securing promotion back to the Championship last season, and results have not gone well for Wednesday since, with Zisco Manoz dismissed in midweek after a winless start. The home side had chances to give Neil Thompson a perfect start to his interim spell in charge, as Callum Patterson spun and volleyed wide with one chance, while George Byers also had home hopes up with a driving run. Huddersfield's best chance fell to defender Michael Hellick, who could only push his effort wide, and Sorba Thomas, who missed the target late on, was sent in a string of crosses that went unfinished. Neither side will be too impressed by the point. Wednesday are yet to win and remain bottom, with the Terriers just three points above the drop zone in 19th. And finally, Southampton 1, Rotherham United 1. Jordan Hugill struck late to give Rotherham their first away point of the season as they held dominant Southamptons at St Mary's. Saints hit the front after just two minutes when Che Adams headed a Carl Walker-Peters cross against the post and Stuart Armstrong tucked in the rebound. The second half was delayed for 10 minutes following a medical emergency in the stands just before half-time, which saw a fan taken away on a stretcher. Rotherham keeper Victor Johansson had pulled off a string of top saves before Hugel equalised completely against the run of play, volleying in a a following a weak-headed clearance from Taylor Harwood-Bellis. A third straight win would have taken 10th place Saints into the playoff spots, and they will be wondering how they did not complete the job as they dominated second bottom Rotherham after Armstrong's early opener. So we'll take a look at the championship table, and every single team has now played 11 matches this season in the championship calendar. So, out of a possible 33 points, sat with 30 points top of the table, sit Leicester City. And anyone who claims the parachute payments are slightly overkill, then this is really telling. That being said, second place, 28 points, is Ipswich Town. Third place, a distant eight points behind, and notably still with a minus two goal difference, which is dead impressive, Preston North End sat in third. 4th place still taken up by Sunderland, despite their defeat to Middlesbrough at Saturday lunchtime. Leeds moving up to 5th, also on 19 points. And Birmingham taking the final playoff spot in 18. uh, 18, 4 teams with 17 points below sit Norwich, Cardiff, Hull and Southampton. At the wrong end of the table, Sheffield Wednesday still looking for their first win. 3 points out of a possible 33 after 11 games played, sitting rock bottom. Three points above them, twenty-third place, Rotherham United. Further two points above them, ever struggling, Queens Park Rangers. Two uh, many teams very much not out of the woods quite yet, but the wins for Middlesbrough and Blackburn certainly did massive things for their relegation for, against their relegation fears, as was the win for Swansea, who moved up to the dizzying heights of twelfth already. Two teams who have slightly off form at the moment, twentieth placed Watford and twenty first placed Stoke City.
2: Visit our website www.ajwakely.com for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913.
0: On to League One then. Oxford United 2, Bristol Rovers 1. Oxford United beat Bristol Rovers in a fiery League One match that saw three red cards. Billy Bowden finished superbly in the 13th minute to put United ahead, controlling Ruben Rodriguez's chip with his chest to beat his marker. Then he hammered the ball past Matthew Cox for his second goal of the season. Rovers were reduced to 10 in the 63rd minute when Giovanni Brown collected a second yellow card for a tripping Josh Murphy. Oxford effectively sealed the points nine minutes from time with defender Sam Long nodding in at close range following Cameron Branigan's corner. Aaron Collins pulled one back for the gas on 89 minutes, rifling an angled shot high into the net. Oxford then had two of their best substitutes sent off in stoppage time. Oshin Smythe was given his marching orders for two yellow cards, and moments later Stan Mills was shown a straight red card for violent conduct after a clash with Sam Finley. Bolton Wanderers 1, Carlisle United 3, Jordan Gibson scored a hat-trick as Carlisle came from behind to beat Bolton. The Cumbrians fell behind after 28 minutes when John Mellish turned the ball into his own net from Josh D'Agrif's Cogley's cross. Paul Simpson's side without an away victory in the third tier for nine years responded well to the setback. Joe Garner's 35th minute penalty, awarded for Carl Dempsey's foul on Sean Maguire, was saved by former Glover Nathan Baxter. So, when referee Sebastian Stottbridge adjusted Johan Tull to a handled in the box nine minutes later, Gibson took on spot-kick duties to fire United level. Roared on by 4,407 fans in a crowd crowd of 23,187, Maguire and Carlisle were twice denied by Baxter saves. But Gibson, who scored Carlisle's equaliser in the midweek draw with Peterborough, fired the visitors in front 20 minutes from time. With Bolton pressing for a stoppage time equaliser and Baxter stranded upfield, Gibson then broke away to complete his treble. And for the first time, I think in a while, an the EFL review, we'll have a player interview. And it only seems appropriate that it's hat-trick hero, Carlisle United striker, Jordan Gibson.
8: Can you show us the ball, Mr. Gibson? So Signed and side. everything, absolutely brilliant. That's your first ever career hat-trick, how does that feel?
7: <sighs> I can't even describe it, to be honest. Um, most importantly, three points, um, big win for us. All the lads put in a great, great shift and, um, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm buzzing, I can't even, <laughs> can't even describe what, how it felt at the time and even now, uh, buzzing.
8: I'm not, it. I'm not having you going for the standard team, it was brilliant. Come on, your hat-trick, that is one heck of an achievement.
7: Yeah, it's massive, uh, first career hat-trick, I don't think I've scored two in a game before, so to get uh, three goals is is unbelievable, um, good achievement, um, really happy, done it in front of my mum as well, uh, and the miss her, so uh, buzzing, yeah.
8: More pressure on that penalty, Gibbo, with the fact that one had just been missed?
7: Definitely, yeah. Um, I think I got the ball off Tommy uh, in our 18-yard box and had to do that walk. And obviously, because Garnes missed his, I I knew there was pressure and a few lads wanted it. Uh, Shawnee wanted it, Mox wanted it and backed myself to pull it in the back of the net and luckily it won him. Now, we all
8: thought you were on penalties. What happened for for Garns getting that one?
7: Uh, Just, I backed him. Uh, He wanted it. Obviously, he's an experienced player, he's been in the game for, for years and um, nine times out of ten, that's going in the back and then that uh, Unfortunately, the keeper's made a good save and the second one, um, I, I knew I wanted to take it.
8: For the second time in two games, George, you've shown how important it is just to take a shot. If you can see the target, take a shot. Deflection, but it's a great finish. It's
7: amazing what happens when you look at like that. Uh, you just hit it and it goes in at the moment, um, feeling good. But um, as I said, all the lads, like the shift that we put in, um, to come here in front of, I don't even know, 20,000, um, big crowd and, and their fans were loud at the start and, and we've, we've quietened and, quiet and them. Um, we've done really well and was in three points, yeah.
8: Take this the right way, you looked absolutely dead on your feet when that third chance came.
7: <laughs> I was, um, I think I, I felt my calf cramp up about 80th minute, I thought I have to come off here and then for the corner, I seen the keeper jog up and uh, I thought I'm going to have to mark him and it's gone over both our heads and I thought I'm in. If someone heads this, I'm in. Uh, me and Alfie both chased the ball, uh, I raced into it, I got there first and um, Obviously the defender backed off and uh, just shifted it and, and scored. it. Yeah. You've got
8: a player left, you've got a player right. Was there any thought, I'll pass it, or were you thought that no, I'm having this?
7: Alfie was shouting, left, Gibbo, come on. I thought, no, nah, no chance. Um, if I was on one goal or, or, or none, I might have, might have looked around me, but I just knew the goal was, goal was there for me to score, and um, luckily it went in.
8: Now, the general bit, that is important, in it? Three points, first away winner of the season, just get us going after Tuesday night.
7: Massive. Um, not an easy place to come flying in the league Bolton, um, and, and the lads have shown the character and, and perseverance to so stick at, stick at, uh, stick to the game plan stick at the game and um, score three goals yeah so massive win and hopefully that pushes us on now
0: yeah, well, you're hugging our YouTube channel at the moment but you deserve it well done pop yes thank you very much Charlton Athletic 2 Blackpool 2 Charlton came from behind scored two late goals and their 2 will draw at home to Blackpool the visitors struck after just 34 minutes. James Husband crossed into the middle of the area for Jordan Road to connect first-time past keeper Ashley Maynard Brewer. Blackpool almost doubled their lead seven minutes after the interval. A bout of pressure saw a fierce strike by Sonny Carey tipped onto the bar by Maynard Brewer. The visitors looked out of sight on 70 minutes when substitute Karakamo Dembele stole the ball from defender Michael Hector to fire home. But Charlton stunned them with two goals in as many minutes First, Alfie May diverted home on 82 minutes after great work by Chucks and Nike. Then Corey Blackett-Taylor sent the Valley into raptures with a superb curled effort to earn a share of the spoils. Breaking news, Cheltenham Town won, Derby County won. Rob Street ended Cheltenham's record-breaking wait for a goal to earn a home draw against Derby. The Robins had gone 11 League One matches without finding the net, but Street struck in the 39th minute touching in Will Goodwin's low ball into the middle for his first goal for the club. Street's strike ensured Cheltenham avoided becoming the first team in English football to fail the score for 12 matches in a row. Derby responded deep into first-half stoppage time when Tom Barkerson's corner was met by James Collins, who was denied by Luke Southwood's superb save. But Curtis Nelson followed up to make it one all in the seventh minute of added time. Exeter City 0, Barnsley 1. Substitute John McAtee came off the bench to grab a dramatic late winner as Barnsley picked up a win at Exeter. After a slow start to the game, Max Waters had the away side's first effort but dragged his shot wide from 25 yards. And then Herbie Kane's mishit cross allowed uh, almost caught out Vili Filisalo. But Exeter's finished keeper did superbly well to get back and tip the ball behind Fleetwood Town 1, Wickham Wanderers 4. Wickham secured their first away win from home for over a month with a convincing victory at struggling Fleetwood. Lee Johnson, who took over from Scott Brown last month, had let the Cod Army back to back-to-back wins without conceding. But they were completely blown away by the Onsong Chairboys as Dale Taylor's double, Freddie Potts and Luke Leahy, secured victory at Highbury. Leighton Orient 2, Reading 1. George Moncour's 90th minute strike gave Leighton Orient a win over Reading on an emotional day at Brisbane Road. Orient fan Derek Reynolds, 74, died at Tuesday's home game with Lincoln City, and both sets of players and fans paid tribute to him before the match. On the pitch, Jordan Brown's opener was cancelled out by the visitors' Tyler Bindon, but Moncour settled the issue in the final minute of normal time. Peterborough United two, Lincoln City nil. Peterborough beat Lincoln to stretch their unbeaten League One run to six games. The hosts had had the work to thank for not being behind at the break, as Lincoln's Danny Mandrew lifted a shot against the bar before Sean Ruffin missed with a free header from a corner. But it was all about posh in the second period, as David Ajaboyi came from off the bench to set them on their way to glory in spectacular style in the 53rd minute. Racing onto an Ephraim Mason Clark pass and allowing a terrific 20-yard strike past keeper Lucas Jensen, ajiboy introduced late in the first half following an injury to Kwame Poku, had seen another effort saved by Jensen moments before making the breakthrough. Jensen then, de- then denied Peter Kiyosu and Mason Clark fired over before Posh's climb up the uh, climbed the points. The point, clinched the points, there we go. In the 83rd minute, courtesy of Joel Randall's first EFL goal for the club, more than two years after his arrival. The former Exeter player coolly controlled a Mason-Clark cutback from the left and steered a low shot past Jensen to seal victory, before Harrison Burrows came close to a third in stoppage time, striking the bar with a shot. Peter Bros, Darren Ferguson, was on the touchline, despite the recent death of his mother. Portsmouth 2. Port Vale, nil. Colby Bishop's second-half double saw League One leaders Portsmouth extend their unbeaten run to 23 games, with a 2-0 win over Port Vale. Pompey's first-half performance did not reflect their lofty league position, as Vale had by far the better of the play at Fratton Park. The visitors could have taken the lead in the fifth minute, but Funzo Ojo could only hit the post from 18 yards. Ojo had another chance uh, which went straight to Will Norris, James Plant shot wide when clear and Ben Garrity headed over from close range. Pompey's only first half effort was a header from an unmarked paddy lane which went wide. However, the host came out fighting in the second half and took the lead in the 53rd minute when Bishop tapped in from close range after a fierce Joe Rafferty cross shot. They uh, they doubled their lead five minutes later when a penalty given for handball by Kofi Balmer was converted by Bishop. Shrewsbury Town 1, Northampton Town 0. Daniel Udo struck in stoppage time to end Shrewsbury's seven-game goal drought and earn a 1-0 win over Northampton. The Shrews had gone five league games and two EFL trophy matches without scoring but that run was ended by Udo in the first minute of stoppage time after former Glover Sam Hoskins had missed a second-half penalty for the Cobblers. And finally, Stevenage won, Wigan Athletic nil. Aaron Presley scored his second League 1 goal of the season to earn Stevenage an eventful win over Wigan. Both sides finished the game with 10 men, as Stevenage moved up to fourth and the Latics suffered their fourth straight loss. After a feisty start, Presley converted a ninth-minute penalty following Babajide Adhiko's foul on Jordan Roberts. It went from bad to worse for the visitors as skipper Callum Lang was shown a second yellow card for a foul after 34 minutes on his 250th career appearance. There were 19 minutes of first-half added time as Burrows' looser James Wilden was carried off on a stretcher following a head collision with teammate Carl-Pierre giani Wigan manager Sean Maloney also received a yellow card just before the break amid a busy afternoon for referee Alan Young. The chaos continued in the 74th minute as Borough substitute Alex McDonald saw a straight red for a foul on Charlie Hughes. The visitors should have equalised when Josh McGinnis scuffed wide seven minutes from time, but Steve Evans's side held on to remain six points off an automatic promotion place. So let's take a look at the League One table and it's already been mentioned but on that ever impressive unbeaten run top of the table 28 points from 12 games played sit Portsmouth. One game and one point behind still remain Oxford United. Five points adrift in third place we have Barnsley and the remainder of the playoff spots are taken up by Stevenage and Peterborough United both on 21 points and Bolton Wanderers with 20 points out of 11 games played. Just outside we see Wickham Wanderers and Derby County. At the wrong end of the table, Cheltenham have finally got that first goal but did enough to get a draw against Derby but still only find themselves with two points out of 12 games played. Wigan Athletic in 23rd with five points, Reading 22nd with six, and Fleetwood with eight points despite their indecent return to form following the appointment of former Glover Lee Johnson but still an awful long way to go in this year's competition. Just before we move on to uh, League Two, just want to give everyone a quick reminder of all the fantastic content that you can find on Three Valleys Radio, not just the voice of uh, yours truly, although you will find me on the other major podcast, Football Bloody Hell. But there are still plenty of other programmes going out every single week, so make sure to tune into threevalleysradio.com, click the podcast button, and see if there's anything else that takes your fancy. If you can, make sure you tune in from Monday night as I will be on Football Bloody Hell with none other than Yeovil Town chairman Martin Hellyer. Anyway, on to League Two. And we will start with Accrington Stanley 2, Forest Green Rovers 1. Josh Andrews scored twice as Accrington consigned Forest Green to a sixth straight league loss. Stanley opened the scoring after 18 minutes. Sean Wally's free kick sent Jack Nolan racing down the right and his cross was headed home by on-loan Birmingham striker Andrews. Andrews headed over nine minutes later and Forest Green keeper James Belshaw tipped a Wally strike over the crossbar as Stanley looked to take hold of the game. However, Forest Green came close to just before half-time when a thumping header from Carl McAllister was kept out by Stanley keeper John McCracken's legs. Unmarked Troy Dini headed wide in the opening stages of the second half before Stanley got their second after 51 minutes. Nolan's deep cross to the far post was headed home by Andrews from around two yards out. Joe Pritchard curled an effort wide for Stanley while Rovers had their chances through Jacob Maddox and Rhys Welsh. They found a way through after 83 minutes when Fancati Darbo teed up fellow st- substitute Matthew Stevens in the area and he headed home but Rovers dropped the, into the bottom of the table with defeat. Barrow 1, Notts County 1, Notts County were forced to settle for a draw in their first English Football League meeting with Barrow since 1970. David McGoldrick opening the scoring for the League 2 leaders with a 14th minute penalty, but Dean Campbell rescued a point for the hosts with a spot kick in his own 10 minutes from time at Hoker Street. Bradford City 1, Swindon Town 0. Bradford City lo- um, local man Bobby Poynton's first senior goal ensured Bradford started life after Mark Hughes with a victory over Swindon at Valley Parade. Midfielder Kevin McDonald took caretaker charge after Hughes was sacked earlier this week and was rewarded with a battling performance from the Bantams. Charlie Austin wasted a great chance after six minutes of the visitors after being set up by Rasheen Hepburn Murphy, pushing the ball past the post from close range but Bradford came back into the game with Jamie Walker and Andy Cook both going close. Swindon keeper Murphy Mahoney tipped over a cross shot from Adam Wilson as the Bradford crowd got into it, and there were none of the boos that had been heard at their previous two home games. Austin and Tyree Shardish could have broken the deadlock for Swindon at the start of the second half, but it was Bradford who struck as local lad Poynton scored from close range after Mahoney had spilled Brad Halliday's shot. Cook hit a post soon after, before Harry Lewis brilliantly denied Hepburn Murphy from point-blank range at the other end. Now, we're not too sure whether we'll hear another interview here on the EFL Review from this man, so we'll make sure we get it in now. Let's hear from interim caretaker player-manager Kevin McDonald.
1: Kevin, three points. Deserve three points. Hard fought, three points. Just sum up your emotions for us right now.
9: Yeah, that's good. Um... I mean, apart from my croaky voice, it was good, it was a good afternoon for us. The lads bought into exactly what we wanted to do over these last couple of days, and I, I do feel like you said it, I feel like I deserve three points, I feel like the lads worked you know, consistently throughout the whole game, They wanted to, we set out a game plan kind of off and on the ball, and, and I feel like they've executed it pretty much bang on. In
1: terms of the performance, the tactics, a little bit of a more direct approach, but more energetic it seemed as well in terms of a high press and a lot of kind of closing them down to clean that first half to have sustained that over the course of the ninety minutes as it seemed with a lot of energy that must please you as well.
9: Yeah, it's good. We knew that we knew the front three four would have a have a hell of a shift today. We knew that, and uh, that's, that's why they've all end up coming off because they put all they're all into the game. Um, so to then have the guys who came on and I thought the guys that came on done well as well created chances and things like that. So um, <sighs> went a little bit more direct to a certain extent. In our eyes, as as a, as a group of staff for this game, we, we knew where the space would be. We knew where they'd, the way they'd commit players forward, and and I feel we we we, we used that to our advantage. I feel we utilised them spaces. You know, if, if it was in short, if it was in behind, whatever it may be. I feel like we we we, we mixed it up quite well at times, and obviously that it was it was plain to see the energy. It was plain to see we had a few good few shots on goal. We had chances. We created chances, and yeah, the place, the place was buzzing. It was good.
1: In terms of the organisation as well, in terms of defensively at the back, Swindon coming here up to this point, I think they scored the most goals in the league to keep a clean sheet against them and really nullify their threats. I guess must be good.
9: Yeah, it was good. Again, clean sheets win the game. Clean sheets get you promotion, and that's exactly what we need to work on. Um, you know, we've be, been good defensively at times, but I felt I felt we were solid. I felt they did have a couple of chances. Don't get me wrong, but um, on the whole, I felt we defended well. I felt we we closed spaces. I felt we. We we squeezed up we dropped off at the right times I felt well like, no defensively we were good um, and yeah it was it was good to shut them up because they were a good team to be fair and they were they were a good team obviously um, I've not really looked at from a managerial point of view but like they were they were clever they were they were a good team I'd like um, I thought they'd done well at times they popped us all popped through us at times and that's where we needed to, like kind of retreat but yeah, they were they were they, they were a good team and just glad to get like, the kind of three points.
1: You mentioned your croaky voice. This whole post-match kind of situation, a lot different to how you've experienced it so far this season. How it is as a player? How have you found it today in general?
9: It's been good. It's been. I feel it's been long. at has. I feel like I've kind of came in early. Obviously I've done runs before because at the end of the day, I want to come back and play. So um, it was. It was one of them ones. It feels like it's been a long day. I feel like I've sat around quite a bit because normally you're getting ready, you're getting treatment, you're doing this and that. So it takes up a lot of time. But no, it was. Um, it was a good experience. A great experience. I loved it. Um, I loved it, and it was just uh, It's a good buzz. You know, like don't get me wrong. As I said, the croaky voice. The last, I wouldn't say fifteen minutes. That were all right. I probably like last ten, and that five. The last five minutes, it was. The clock started to go backwards. I think it was Bernard's watch at one point. So I was just starting to get a bit like a bit hesitant as such. But the lads, lads, kind of made me feel comfortable because I felt we'll continue to carry out that game plan. We didn't, we didn't then set off on an eighteen-yard box and stuff. Like, we kind of tried to squeeze up when we could, and it was yeah, it was good.
1: I'm feeling the support from the stands today as well. It's something you've experienced already as a player here a little bit, but to have the fans fully behind you, leading this team, to hear your name chanted from the stands—that must have been a really good feeling.
9: It's good. It's, 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 it's different, obviously, um, but it's good. But I feel, I feel the fans would get behind any manager that comes in and, and and brings energy and brings a bit of desire and kind of you know wants to play kind of attacking football like like the game plan allowed us to at times. You know it might Not might have probably had less possession today but uh, what we worked on was exactly what it was so uh, listen, it was great I mean, I've mean, i said before that we've got to make this place a fortress um, and automatically the teams in this league will be kind of scared coming to that if they, if they know that's that so I feel we've got to continue to make that the fans were brilliant lads were buzzing and all in all it was a good day, yeah
1: a lot of positives to take from individual performances as well, Richie and Gilly coming back in in midfield and also Bobby obviously scoring his first goal for the club, a really proud moment for him and his family, there's positives across the board really in terms of individual performance.
9: There was, yeah, obviously picking out individuals as such but like I know Richie can perform on a week in, week out, he's done, it, he's done it throughout his career, that's why he's had a, had a good career and Gilly, Gilly gives you... A, two different dimensions as such he's got legs but he's good with the ball and he's good with driving the ball. So that's it. everyone in that dressing room was absolutely shattered because of the amount of effort and, and energy I was put into that game. So um, obviously you spoke about them individuals but on the whole, you obviously got them Bobby as well. Like Bobby's Bobby was top draw today again. The amount of amount of effort and energy that energy he put into it was, was unbelievable. And I could say the same for so many people but for him to get a goal in front of obviously a home crowd, his family and stuff like this it's brilliant for the guy. You mentioned
1: everybody's exhausted in the changing room to have overseen a performance like that having only had sort of two days to prepare for the game and kind of inspired this kind of a performance today where everybody can come off the pitch and say, yeah, we couldn't have given anything more and we've got the results to show for it. That must be pleasing from your point of view. Yeah,
9: it's great. Again, like as I say, I feel we execute the game plan pretty much bang on, you never do. But like what we wanted on and off the ball, we've done that most of the game. We've done that for, you know, probably a good 70 minutes of the game, I'd say. So, we knew that would give us our best chance to win, and and that's ultimately what it done. Um, but yeah, everyone, everyone's everyone's tired there. But that's what it takes. That's what it takes to win games, as I say. That's what it takes to get promotion, and that's ultimately what what we want and what this what this fans want and what this club ultimately deserves.
1: On to Tuesday trip to Grimsby in the EFL Trophy. I guess after that, it's really wait your appetite for Tuesday night's game.
9: Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and obviously we you know it's a completely different um a complete different ball game when it comes to the Papa John's Cup. Um, you know, it's it is different, but the mentality will still be the same from us. You know, we're, we're going to go, go Grimsby, um we'll, we'll commit like we have done today. We'll work hard on, on what we think is going to, going to win us the game. And, yeah, we'll, be, we'll, we'll obviously need a good refresh, uh, good rest up tomorrow and good to go Monday. But like, we're, we're looking forward to it. And, again, it's right at this moment in time, it's more about enjoying this moment because we've not obviously won a few games as such. It's a, it's a good moment to just sit back and just kind of enjoy it.
0: Colchester United 1, Morecambe 3. JJ McKiernan's fine hat-trick helped 10-man Morecambe claim an impressive win at Colchester. Jordan Slew's strike hit the inside of a post in the fourth minute for the Shrimps, who took a 21st-minute lead when McKiernan headed home at Adam Mayer's corner. The visitors were reduced to 10 men in the 36th minute, after James Connolly appeared to leave a boot-in on Samson to V-day. But Morecambe doubled their lead in the 53rd minute through McKiernan, who stabbed home from close range after Jan Nogo had helped on Mayer's corner. And it was 3-0 in the 61st minute as McKiernan collected Donald Love's pass and ran almost the length of the Colchester half before firing a low shot past Owen Goodman to complete his hat-trick. Crawley Town 0, Wrexham 1. Ollie Palmer's first half goal in a secured victory at former club Crawley to end Wrexham's three match winless run in League 2. Palmer scored with an audacious flick over Corey Adai after James McLean's cross was deflected. Adai made a crucial save to deny Paul Mullen late in the first half, and Wrexham were reduced to 10 men in the second half when Andy Cannon was shown as red card seven minutes after coming on for his challenge on Adam Campbell. Phil Parkinson's side are now up to 7th and in the playoff places, while Crawley are 8th after a second successive defeat. Gillingham 2, MK Dons 1. McCauley Bonn and Scott Malone scored the goals as Manjulis Gillingham beat McDons to claim their first win in 4. First-half substitute Bonn opened the scoring eight minutes after coming on before uh, Malone netted his first goal since April 2022 to lift the Jills back into the top three just two days after sacking Neil Harris. Under the guidance of caretaker manager Keith Millen, the slow-starting hosts almost fell behind after seven minutes when Joe Tomlinson flashed an effort across the face of goal. Mo Iser also squandered a promising move by shooting straight at keeper Jake Turner. Bond capitalised on a mistake by Don's defender Anthony Stewart to go through on goal and coolly side foot passkeeper Craig McGilvery after 26 minutes. Malone's goal 10 minutes after the break owed a lot to teammate Tom Nichols, who dispossessed Jonathan Laco before unselfishly teeing up the former Millwall man to slot past the luckless McGilvery. Substitute Ellis Harrison met Laco's cross and headed past Turner 8 minutes from time to give the Don's hope. However, the Jill's keeper produced a fingertip save to prevent Max Dean from scoring a spectacular late equaliser. The visitors ended the game with 10 men, as Dan Harvey picked up his second booking in stoppage time. Mansfield Town 0, AFC Wimbledon 0. Mansfield remained the only unbeaten side in League 2, but a goalless stalemate with promotion rifles AFC Wimbledon made it 8 draws in 12 league outings. Newport County one Harrogate Town 2. Harrogate Town held off a Newport County fight back to leapfrog their hosts in the League 2 table. George Thompson gave the visitors the lead when he was teed up by Matty Daly before shooting home from outside the box. Harrogate doubled their lead when Thompson's corner was converted at the back post by Anthony O'Connor. Will Evans got Newport back into the game when he turned in Lewis Payne's low cross, but Harrogate held on. Harrogate now have 16 points and rise to 15th in the table, with Newport two points behind them, having dropped to 19th. Salford City 4, Crew Alexander 2. Salford battled back to beat Crew and register a third straight win. Two goals from Matt Smith and one each from substitutes Ryan Watson and Kevin Burko turn the game around after Courtney Baker Richardson had put Crew ahead. The visitors started full of confidence, having come into the game unbeaten in six, and rewarded with their good start after 26 minutes when Baker Richardson glanced in Rio Adabisi's cross. A header at the other end made it all square with virtually the last kick of the first half, as Smith powered home Elliot Watts' floating ball over the top. Baker Richardson thought he had put Crew back in front only for the offside flag to deny him, before Salford had the ball into the net 28 seconds later, thanks to Smith. Crew assistant manager Ryan Dicker was sent off for protesting the decision. To make matters worse, Watson steered in Salford's third in the 71st minute before Burko was on hand to nod in the fourth in stoppage time after Tilt had headed onto the crossbar. There was still time for Beggar Richardson to grab his and Crew's second goal, but it was only a consolation. Stockport County won, Doncaster Rovers nil. Stockport moved to within one point of league leaders, Notts County, as Tanto Alofes late winner edged out Doncaster. County went close to opening the scoring on the stroke of half-time when Louis Barry found Ryan Crosdale on the edge of the area, but Lewis Jones reacted quickly to punch his effort over the crossbar. The first half was otherwise uneventful, with few very clear-cut chances, but Stockport were the more threatening, with Barry in particular finding success on the wings. Doncaster should have taken the lead after the break, but Ben Hinchcliffe was on hand to produce a fine save to deny Modu Fahl, before quickly getting back to his feet to palm away Joe Ironside's effort on the rebound. The deadlock was finally broken in the 84th minute when Alofe nodded home Will Collars' in-swinging cross to clinch second place's county's sixth successive victory. Defeat leaves Doncaster in 20th place, four points above the drop zone. Tranmere Rovers 2, Grimsby Town 2. Connor Jennings earned a point for Tranmere as they fought back to draw with Grimsby. Kieran Morris opened the scoring for the home side, but a first-half turnaround saw Grimsby lead 2-1 at the break through goals from Danny Rose and Raquel Pike. Jennings was the architect for Tranmere's opener, sliding in Morris to net his third goal of the season. Rose pegged the host back with a superb finish from a tight angle after he was played through by a deflected Abu Issa pass. Third bottom Tranmere came into the weekend in high spirits, having won their previous two home games, including a 2-1 win over Bradford on Tuesday evening but they fell behind shortly before the break when Pike smashed a left-footed effort beyond tramier keeper Luke McGee to net his first league goals as joining from Shrewsbury in the summer. Jennings added to his assist with 30 minutes left when he nodded in the equaliser to rescue a point for the hosts. And finally, Sutton United 4, Walsall 0. Sutton lift themselves off the foot of League 2 in style with a thumping victory over Walsall. Matt Gray's side had not tasted victory in the league since an opening day 5-1 thrashing of leaders Notts County, but they summed up another big win at Gander Green Lane. The game was done and dusted by half-time, as Harry Smith's double did most of the damage, as Walsall sunk to a third defeat in five matches. Amari Patrick started the party in the sixth minute, as Iha thundered home a free kick from the edge of the box, and six minutes later, Smith hammered home his first of the afternoon on the turn. Smith looked to have doubled his tally in the 27th minute, but Sutton's third was deemed an own goal by Walsall defender Joe Riley. But the Sutton striker got his deserved brace eight minutes before half time as he headed home at the back post. The dangerous Smith missed out on a hat trick with 20 minutes to go before Aidan O'Brien was denied by a superb save by Owen Evans. Let's listen to a very happy Sutton United boss, Matt Gray. Matt.
3: First time since the first day of the season we've been able to stand here and and enjoy a victory in the league. Um, Must be a highly relieved dressing room and a highly relieved manager.
10: Yeah, it is. is, Of course it is, because it's uh, been a really tough run of games, hasn't it? Um, Yeah, a real mixed bag of games. Um, I don't want to reflect on too much because um, the real emphasis I've, I've been on is the togetherness of the club, Um, the supporters, the sponsors, of course the board have been absolutely magnificent, Um, the staff and then the players go and put in a performance like that Um, who have always been so committed and trained really well and fully on it and that was back to a a Matt Gray Sutton United performance there and front foot aggressive, um, full of character's energy um, and uh, a real threat from everything in our game and uh, delighted with a 4-0 win.
3: Can you put your finger on what the difference was today from the previous, previous month or so?
10: Yeah, a few. Yeah, a few a few reasons, but uh, yeah, just wanted it to be back to us today. So yeah, without probably giving too much away, I probably wanted to tell you, Tony, if I'm being honest, of what we're in, but no, certainly I've had in the back of my mind a few reasons why uh, in previous games, and I've had a few reasons why today that it's gone for us. So uh, we've just got to make sure we one keep players fit because there's some important players out there for us today and some big performances from everybody and the subs as well. But uh, yeah, there, there was a back to us performance, um, and, and that's the most pleasing thing, uh, let alone the scoreline. And I
3: think the sports will have noticed two wingers, two, two forwards, and getting the ball into the box and attacking as, as quickly as possible.
10: Yeah, and it was exciting, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was good to watch. Um, a, a, a really effective way of playing uh, against the team who I felt uh, have come into with, with a good run. I beaten Bradford last week and got some good players but we were very much on the front foot in the first half and uh, yeah, full of energy As I say, balls come into the box and some of the goals we scored, some of the finishes, some of the, the movement and the play in the attacking half was excellent and uh, really
3: pleased. How important was it to get the first goal today, bearing in mind the run we've been on, the confidence it, it boosts? It's important
10: to get the first goal, a lot of people will say first goal is key, doesn't win you the game of course but the first goal is always massive uh, and it was great to get out after five minutes today again pressing high they couldn't get out we won the seconds a great little ball inside Aidan wins the free kick Amari bottom corner great free kick for us
3: and this time the second goal coming soon after after the first month you know that's that really does settle settle everything settle. yeah and it just
10: gave everybody a lift the supporters were magnificent today full of voice right behind us as i say this special club is so tight-knit and, and all, all in together and the supporters were outstanding so that the goal the first goal gave us a real lift full of energy when we went again and uh, um they couldn't deal with a long throw the ball coming in the box one first and smudge a great finish and uh, put us two tuning up
3: and the Third one their own goal, and the fourth goal. So great finish from from Harry, and yeah, no. a really great centre forward header. That the, th-
10: the th- third one was just a great ball into the yeah. box, and uh, a yeah. great ball into the box, um, and, and uh, I think if their lad hasn't put it in, I think one of ours was queuing up to do so. So it was a great ball in, and then uh, no, and no, then no, another good ball in the box and a, smudge a great finish again
3: 4-0 at half time what what do you say to the players in that situation just carry on carry on doing it
10: did not even speak about the scoreline at half time you just um, there was tweaks that I wanted whether it was 0-0 nil, 4-0 nil, nil. Um, there was tweaks that I wanted to to reiterate and improve and make sure we were on um, and I thought actually for two minute, minute two minutes of the second half I had a couple of scrambles, didn't they? Um, but then after that two minutes, that was probably the only spell they had in the game. Um, and then we just uh, got right back on the front foot. And, and pr- really professional performance just to see the game out, move the ball well, uh, passed it well at, uh, certainly at times, um, uh, and look threatening as well at the other end.
3: And I guess had, had one of those gone in in the first two minutes of the second half, it might have been a, a different type of game because the, the run we've been on, I know we just only made it 4-1, four one, but it was yeah. still a well, you don't up. want
10: that. You want a clean sheet, don't you? So um, so first and foremost, you, you just want to keep that clean sheet and see where it takes you. So, um, yeah, th- I mean, Dino's had a couple of things to do in the first half, routine saves. But I don't remember him doing anything in the second half at all, other than the first two minutes. where They had a couple of little goal-mouth actions.
3: And able to see the see the game out quite comfortably, use, sub- use substitutes throughout and get Omari and Harry, the, who I think the supporters are the t- would pick out as the two who were the eye-catching performances, if you like, Um, get them decent ovation from the supporters just before the final whistle.
10: Yeah, yeah, probably wasn't the reason why I was doing it. I felt I needed just for the shift that they put in and and Josh Coley before, Uh, and everyone really. Sam Hart was outstanding at left back. I I don't want to Single and, and, and pick people out because it, it wouldn't be fair to do so. Um, but it's, it's been a real emphasis on the squad and everyone sticking together, and the subs having a real impact and trying to when they do come and fight to try and get that shirt. And uh, I saw a real good um, all-round uh, desire today from from the whole squad, which I which I've been seeing in training uh, uh, and in. Certainly, long periods of games, but uh, we've been let down with certain moments in games that have cost us. But today, as a squad and as a team, um, we were outstanding, and um, yeah, some really top performances from from back to front.
3: And without Craig Eastman as well, who's, who's missing today and probably probably for a while, so that must must be really encouraging that we can perform team without like that without the captain. Yeah,
10: because Eastie's he's just been superb, has not he? for For us, for for many many years, and uh, he's such a big player for us. So he's a big blow to lose for this little period. Um, but no, um, it was a, a real. There was a lot of leaders, a lot of characters out there today that that took the, the void away from missing our captain.
3: I'm good to see Steve Arnold back in the squad for the first time. Um, fairly fairly sportful choice with goalkeepers now.
10: Yeah, it was, it was important because of obviously uh, Arnie's injury and, and Brad House being out as well. Um, obviously Boozer coming in with a competition. Rosie's got a groin injury, but Arnie's done well to come back from his hip, and that now yeah, it gives us good, good options.
3: And, everybody will say you know win today now i've got to build on it firstly EF, efl trophy on on tuesday night against crawley um and then in the league at Doncaster next saturday yep
10: exactly and we'll enjoy tonight first because uh, uh i'll have a glass of wine and enjoy a saturday night because uh, we deserve to but we'll be back on it in the morning like we always are ready for, for tuesday night's game
3: and the efl trophy a, a competition we've done well in, in the past and enjoyed so yeah it's important to, to up the, keep up the winning and put ourselves in a, a decent position to qualify for the next round?
10: Whatever we do, whatever we compete and we want to win. And we'll go and try and win on Tuesday night. Um, a great response for us back and, and getting a point, fortunately losing on penalties to Villa, but a great response at the end to get two late goals. And uh, hopefully we can go and put three points and, and push us up that group to try and qualify in that top two in the AFL in the trophy. Well,
3: mate, I think we're all delighted for you this evening because it's been a tough, tough month, but uh, deserved that. And the players were brilliant. So well done today and brilliant. thanks for coming out. Cheers.
10: Thanks a lot. Cheers, though.
0: I appreciate we've slightly run over today, but we do. It's very important we do take a look at the League Two table. A nice mix of matches that have play, teams that have played 12 matches and teams that have played 11 in League Two. But the top three all have played 12 games. Top of the tree: Notts County from 24 points from 12 games played. Stockport moving up to second with 23 points, and Gillingham returning to the automatic promotion places despite the sacking of Neil Harris midweek with 22 points. One point behind them is in 21st is with 21 points in fourth, AFC Wimbledon. Those taking up the remainder of the playoffs, all three teams on 20 points. Mansfield, Crewe and Wrexham. Crawley, just out of the playoff spots, still with 20 points and therefore only out on goal difference. At the wrong end of the table, despite their 4-0 demolition, Sutton United are still in the relegation zone with 7 points from 12 games played. Level on points with now bottom at the table, Forest Green. Teams still not out of the woods quite yet and only one win away or one loss away from it all going wrong. Tranmere Rovers in 22nd and Colchester in 21st, both on 10. But that brings us to the end of this week's EFL review. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it. Plenty of goals plenty of red cards, notably, and plenty of action throughout the EFL, just as we always expect. I'll be back next week to take a look at League One and League Two, as unfortunately we lose the championship once again due to international call-ups, as well as plenty of those we actually see in League One as well, such as is the quality that we see throughout the English pyramid. Until then, though, I hope you have a lovely rest of your week. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.